WWE Setting the Stage is a podcast for WWE fans where I recap events, break down storylines and angles, and make predictions about where those storylines and angles are headed. Whether you're just getting into wrestling or a WWE fanatic like me, this show is for you. I will see you ringside. Hello, Resiluminati. I am back once again to talk about Friday Night SmackDown. So we are now a week into the new roster since the draft happened. And I wish I could tell you that the draft has made a significant impact uh, as far as making things drastically different. And that goes for Raw and SmackDown. Um, You know, now don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. I am a WWE fan through and through. And, but having said that, I honestly just feel like the draft and quite frankly, the brand extension itself uh, only exists at this point for USA and Fox more than the WWE itself. Uh, Like I have said before, the brand extension just simply does not serve the same purpose that it did many years ago. And, you know, that's just my opinion. Like I said, I'm, I'm just a fan. Uh, but I just feel like it doesn't serve the same purpose that it did many, many years ago. <clears throat> uh, like I said, back in 2002, when the very first brand extension happened, you know, times were different. You know, like I've said before, WWE was pretty much, for the most part, they were the only, du- they were the only wrestling company left. You know, they had, they had absorbed WCW and they had more superstars coming in, uh, you know, all kinds of things like that. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, I was even watching on Peacock the other day. I was watching some of the, you know, some of the shows back from 2002 for both Raw and SmackDown. And it seems like, you know, they were, they were getting you, they were giving you fresh storylines. They were giving you fresh superstars and all that stuff like that and everything. And, you know, I, I mean, as, as fresh as it was back then when it first started, yes. I mean, everything seems to run its course. You know, that's why, you know, about four or five years later, like in 2007, I think it was, you know, WWE kind of, I don't know if you, if you guys remember how that happened, WWE just kind of, you know, dissolved the brand extension and wondering if anybody noticed. It was kind of, it was kind of interesting. They just kind of, you know, they still had people showing up on Raw and SmackDown that were kind of exclusive, but they kind of didn't really acknowledge it. And then that's when kind of all the pay-per-views, you know, kind of stopped being, you know, there would be certain pay-per-views a year that would be Raw, there would be certain pay-per-views that would be SmackDown, and then you'd have like the big five or the big four nowadays uh, that would be the dual brand, you know? So... And then, like I said, they tried to bring back it, you know, try to bring back the, uh, and, and, you know, don't get me started on the titles, you know, the titles, they decided at some point back then they wanted to do away with titles, then they brought back titles, then they, you know, it was kind of interesting. And then the whole, and then the 2016 version was completely different. They, you know, they, they, they made, you know, the two rosters again, they broke them up. Then they just, then they just started making titles like there was no tomorrow. And, you know, that's another story for another time. But like I said, I mean, it was just, it just, and it just felt different. You know, it just felt different that they were just trying to do something that was completely different than what they were trying to do in 2002 that they, you know, started in 2016. At least, you know, like I said, from my point of view. And maybe, you know, maybe at a future episode, I'll kind of go and elaborate to that because that's not what we're really here today today to do. We're here today, today to talk about Friday's episode of SmackDown. Uh, so like I said, let's get right into it. Um, 
So to you know, so Friday Night SmackDown actually was on FS1, like it was. Uh, I guess was it last week or the week before last? Um, you know, because of the World Series going on, baseball playoffs. So, uh, so I'm thinking this is probably the last one, last time for a while that it'll be on FS1. Um, but before I get started in, in the actual show, they did the same thing that they did last week or the, the week before last or whatever. They decided to run encore episodes of it. Um, and, you know, <laughs> it was kind of interesting because on FS1, I know they do that anyway. Uh, I don't know how many of you guys realize that, but even when they run SmackDown on Fox, um, usually not right after, but usually later on that night on FS1, they will run a replay of SmackDown, but it usually it's around what, 12 AM, something like it, 12 midnight, at least my time they'll run it on FS1. But it was really funny because I was watching it on FS1 on Friday night and I got to see obviously the live episode then I just kind of let the TV going on because I was doing some other things too and everything. So I, you know, I saw it at eight eight o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Then I saw it again at ten o'clock p.m. Eastern time, and then I saw it again at midnight. So it was like I got SmackDown's episode three uh, three times in a row. And I guarantee you, I'm going to talk about this episode, and I'm probably still going to miss stuff that I probably did because, to be honest with you, in the last two episodes, I wasn't really paying attention to it as much as I was when it was live. So. Um, but I just thought it was interesting that they ran it three straight times. So you had like six hours of SmackDown from eight o'clock all the way until like two in the morning. It was interesting. Um, and I'm trying to remember because honestly I didn't, I, I, I didn't actually, you know, I know this is a WWE podcast, but I have been watching more AEW and I've been quite honest about that and open about that. Um, uh, because I'm a person that I don't feel like, you know, like I've said in a couple other episodes, I don't really buy into the wrestling war. You know, if you're a wrestling fan, you're a wrestling fan. That, that That's just my opinion. Like I said, I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. I'm just saying it's my opinion. But if you're a wrestling fan, you're a wrestling fan. Yes, you can be upset about, you know, storylines that are going on. You can underst- You can be upset if you feel like some things are getting stale. But I still feel like at the end of the day, you can like whatever you want to like. If you're one, of, If you're some of these people that like WWE and hate AEW, that's fine. If you're some of these fans that like AEW and hate WWE, that's fine too. But I'm just one of those people. I just, and I mean, unless they just are putting on just, you know, if they're putting just garbage on television, which I don't see that at all, really. I mean, I don't think, yes. Do I think some things could be better on both shows? Yeah, sure. But do I think there are some, do I think there are some good things going on on both shows too? Absolutely. So I just feel like from my point of view, like I said, I'm not going to speak for everyone else. But from my point of view, I'm just a wrestling fan. So the more wrestling that's on is is a okay in my book. I'm I am totally okay with it. So, uh, but yeah, um, but I'm trying to remember because I'm kind of getting my weeks all, uh, you know, you know, overlapping each other because um, I'm doing this I'm doing this episode a little bit later than I want to do it. But anyway, that's beside the point. But I I keep forgetting whether AEW was on uh, Saturday night this week or not. But um, if it was, then, you know, it's kind of interesting. Like I said, that for two times straight that they were on FS1, they ran, you know, they ran SmackDown, which is, which is fine. Like I said, I just think it's funny, but, uh, because, you know, I, I do think it is kind of interesting. These, these tactics that the wrestling companies do to, you know, to see if they can get an edge on the other one and everything. But you know what? I'm all for a good little friendly competition. 
I, I think it's fine. Um, as long as you're not doing like dirty tactics, like happened it, like what happened in the WWE WCW era. Like as much as I, as much of a fan as I am of Eric Bischoff, uh, I did think it was kind of crappy that, you know, he used to give away the results on WWE raw and stuff. Like I did think that was a little dirty. I did. I, I, I don't think that was very, uh, respectful, but Hey, if you're just trying to one up the person by putting on a better show and putting on better storylines and, doing whatever you got to do to get a crowd reaction, then, you know, hey, as long as it's not too, like I said, as, not, as long as it's not too under the belt, you know, below the belt, then, you know, I'm okay with it. Like I said, I'm okay with a little bit of competition. In fact, I think it makes it better for wrestling fans, to be quite honest. So anyway, I, I'm getting off a little bit on a tangent here, so let's get back to what, let's get back focus what I was going to do. So, okay, so SmackDown starts out with um, Charlotte Flair. Um, so Charlotte Flair... Uh, comes out to the ring, and this is her first, uh, well, not technically her first night, but it's her, uh, she's coming out and she's talking about, uh, you know, she's talking about, you know, being the opportunity, everything she's been doing since she's been doing the promos of her heel character and everything, and and then eventually out comes Sasha Banks, and I know there's been some rumblings, you know, about this sort of uh, what I like to call like backstage talk or whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, stuff that doesn't normally come in the ring. It's just outside stories. And there's been some stories out there that, you know, Charlotte doesn't like to push new talent. And the people that like to push new talent are usually Sasha and and Bailey. But so, people like Sasha and Bailey, but people like Charlotte and Becky don't like to push new talent and stuff like that. Now, I, I'm not going to say I know or don't know whether that's true or not. I mean, I don't know if you know, those stories just come out because it's just perception because a lot of times in the wrestling business, I think a lot of it is perception. Um, unless you're just an insider in WWE and you work there and everything like that, which obviously I do not. Um, you kind of just have to take some of these stories with a grain of salt, not to say I'm saying people are lying about these stories and all that stuff, but how do I really know? You know, how do I really know? All I can do is just say, okay, well that's probably just your perspective and, everything like that. And that's the way I'm going to leave it. So anyway, but I did think it was interesting when they were doing this promo together, they were kind of playing into that story. They were kind of, you know, Sasha came out and, uh, you know, she was trying to get her opportunity at the SmackDown women's championship. And then, and then Charlotte was kind of mocking what I felt like was being said backstage and be like, well, wait a minute, you know, Sasha, aren't you being kind of selfish? Why do you deserve a, a shot at the SmackDown title? I thought, you know, I thought we were around here about giving, you know, new talent uh, an opportunity and everything like that. So it was kind of playing a little bit of shade on that story. And, and I thought, it was, you know, I thought it was kind of entertaining in a way, I guess, for, for everything I've heard. So, uh, but what it did do was it brought out, like I said, some new talent we haven't seen like in the title picture. So out comes Shotzi Blackheart. So Shotzi Blackheart comes out in her TCB tank, which, uh, which I guess I just found out, uh, stood for taking care of business tank. Uh, you know, she shoots anything out of that cannon that she's got on the front of it. I, I think Sashi, uh, Shotzi is a pretty cool character. Um, but it, it was kind of funny, like when she came down to the ring, and you know how Sasha has blue hair and she has green hair. There was a lot of colors in there, you know. And you know, I've noticed that. Uh, I don't know. I I have me. I've been meaning to mention this on another episode. But have you ever noticed? Um, I, and I'll make it a comparison between WWE and AEW because currently those are the two ones that I'm uh, 
watching at the moment. Have you noticed that WWE has gone to like having a lot of colors? Like they've got a lot of colors in their show presentations. You know, of course you got Raw being the red brand, SmackDown being the blue brand, but now you got some superstars. You done gotten all these different color hair. If you look at the way that the presentation of the ring and all that stuff, it's like lots of colors. It's it's crazy. But AEW, like if you look at AEW, and I'm not, and I'm not saying this is something that's wrong with AEW. I've just noticed it as an observation. Is that you know they're not really all about the colors and everything. They're just you know more about uh, you know it's it's just more like of a I can't even make the I, I don't even know what the word is I'm looking for. But I've just noticed out of the two out of the two organizations, I've noticed that the presentation with WWE has got like a lot more bright colors and stuff. It's 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 strange. It's weird. Um, not to say either presentation there's something wrong with it. It's just a little observation that I've made. But I just, and it just it, it hit me when I was watching uh, you know Shotzi and Sasha Banks being down there at ringside together. You know, like I said, one had green hair, one had blue hair, and I was just like, man, the colors. It's like they're a little overwhelming. I don't know. It's weird, but nothing wrong with it. Like I said, just made a little observation there. Uh, so anyway, uh, so it ends up being that Shotzi. Uh, says, hey, here, here's, here I am. I'm the one that wants the opportunity and everything. So actually, Charlotte gives her a match. And uh, so, uh, so Charlotte uh, basically says, hey, if you, uh, if you beat me, if you beat me tonight, you will be the next contender for the SmackDown Women's Championship. So now, I, you know, going into this match, uh, I hate to say it, I was, I was going to this match already being not that I don't like Shotzi. I do like Shotzi, but I was like, okay, well, are they going to give, you know, are, is Shotzi going to come out on the winning end here? Is she going to get her opportunity or is this just something so people can see something fresh on Fox on Friday nights, just so they can see Charlotte go against somebody else other than Becky, you know, Sasha, somebody else. And so, so it was a very good match. Uh, like I said, I feel like they go through too many commercials uh, sometimes and everything. So it's like you – I wish sometimes WWE would kind of do what AEW does and does do more of the picture-in-picture, picture. Uh, but they don't. So uh, they do it sometimes. Actually, what's really funny is they don't do it on the main rosters, but they do it on NXT, which is which is kind of strange. But I don't know. Maybe maybe that's what WWE is. Maybe WWE's, WWE is still trying to have NXT compete against AEW. I, I don't know. But anyway, so it was a good match between Shotzi and Charlotte. Um, but Shotzi ended up losing, and which I don't think was as big a surprise as people, you know, you know, I don't think that was a big surprise to people, which is which is a shame. But she did end up losing. But what it did was, it started a, um, it started a heel character for Shotzi. Shotzi basically turned on Sasha after the match. Uh, just beat her and everything like that. And Shotzi has now officially gone from being a face to now being a heel. Um, so I don't know what this means going forward. I don't know. It doesn't look like it's going to be Shotzi and Charlotte in a, in a, in a rivalry. It looks like more, it's going to be Sasha and, uh, Shotzi, which would be interesting. See what a lot, be a lot of colored hair in that, in that ring for that rivalry. So (laughs) we'll see, we'll have to see what happens there. Um, so, so next we come to, uh, we come to a, uh, a segment, which I, I thought was kind of funny. It was a back, t- it was a backstage segment between, um, uh, Jeff Hardy, Caleb Braxton, 
and basically Jeff Hardy was making his return to SmackDown and he was, uh, you know, Kayla was interviewing him and all of a sudden, uh, happy Kilmore, happy Kilmore. Why am I going to call him happy? Happy Corbin. I say, I want to call him happy Gilmore. That's see, that's, that's bad, but happy, uh, Corbin and mad cat Moss, uh, interrupt, uh, Jeff Hardy. And they were talking about their trick or street fight, uh, against Shinsuke and, uh, Rick Boogs, uh, for the show. And, um, and then Madcap Moss tells this terrible joke and I don't even remember what the joke was. And I think I'm glad I don't remember what the joke was because, um, I think it was that horrible that I just wanted to put it out of my mind because they were just, it was just terrible. And, um, and I, and I, it, and kind of the way, uh, Jeff Hardy reacts next is kind of the way I kind of felt. He kind of just, uh, they walk off after they're laughing at their terrible joke and Jeff Hardy just kind of looks, shakes his head and then talks back to Kayla and says, yeah, it's great to be back on SmackDown. And I, I about lost it. I just thought it was so funny. It was a great reaction by Jeff Hardy. I just thought that was, that was awesome the way he reacted. Like I said, it was just a little simple promo backstage, but it was very, very well done in my opinion. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so basically we get a few, um, you know, there were, there was, there was now an announcement of stuff that it was going to be done against Brock Lesnar further after his suspension. Uh, they said that Adam Pierce had a few additional punishments that he was going to put on Brock Lesnar. Um, and then they had, when they came back from commercial, they had a recap of what happened at Crown Jewel and everything. And then they saw a little bit of a, what happened on last uh, week's Friday Night SmackDown. And then we go live to Adam Pierce, and Adam, per- Adam Pierce says that you know he, he, you know, he says he's given every piece of himself to this company. He will not be disrespected, and he basically says that he's slapping a one million dollar fine on Brock Lesnar. <sighs> I, I can't say that this was not predictable. I mean, I kind of almost, when I saw before they went to commercial that they were going to say there was an additional thing, I almost knew it was going to be a, a, a fine. I, I, you know, and that's, and I think fines are kind of corny in WWE because like, I don't know. I mean, they don't mean what they meant back then. Like I was watching a thing on Peacock the other night where, you know, during the Ric Flair Stone Cold, uh, uh, storyline right before Stone Cold walked out on the WWE back in 2002, you know, Flair slapped a $5,000 fine on, on Stone Cold for stunning him in the ring, almost like his first day as, you know, general manager or owner of raw. And, uh, and, and even then I thought that even though, even then when I thought that kind of era was a little bit better with Stone Cold, I still thought, well, what's the, I don't know what the purpose of the fines are like the suspensions hit more on there because I think at least with the suspensions, you, you kind of don't know what's going to happen. Like when they suspended Brock Lesnar last week, like I'm like, okay, well, what does this mean? Like when, when, so he's been suspended indefinitely. So when does that mean he's coming back? Is he coming back for survivor series? Is he not coming back to Royal rumble? Is he not coming back to WrestleMania? It at least leaves you with a little bit of, of intrigue, but the fines to me, you know, the storyline fines to me in WWE are kind of a joke in my opinion. It's like the one where they, what was it a couple months ago? And I doubt even anybody remembers this, but when Naomi was, you know, kind of bad, uh, you know, she was kind of 
going being sub, insubordinate to uh, Sonia Deville, and Sonia Deville slapped a fine on her. I, I mean, until I just said that, how many people even remember that happened? You know, fines are a joke. In my opinion, fines are a joke for the storylines. Suspensions are okay with me because suspensions at least leave you with a little bit of intrigue of like, okay, how are they going to play this out? How long are they going to keep, you know, so maybe it's not as intriguing for Brock Lesnar because, you know, Brock Lesnar, I'm sure people, you know, there's been a stigma to a stigma put on there that, you know, Brock Lesnar gets suspended and then it's like his time to just go off, you know, and be off for six months. And then he comes back and wrestles in a match because that's what his contract says that he does. So I know, I know Brock Lesnar is kind of a bad example, but when it's a superstar, you're not expecting to get suspended. You're wondering how they're going to play it out. You know, like at least that's to me. I, I, I hope I've explained that well, but I don't know. Maybe I didn't, but I just think the suspensions are a little bit more intriguing than the fines. So anyway, um, but the more interesting part of this, I know I took a while to get from my, you know, whatever, but the interesting part of this was Paul Heyman was watching the whole thing. And then Kayla Braxton comes up and interviews Paul Heyman about it. And she's basically asking, you know, Paul, Paul, how is Brock Lesnar going to react? And I'll be honest with you. He didn't really answer the question the way I expected him to answer it. Like I thought he was going to kind of get, you know, you know, he was going to get defensive from the start, but it was almost like he was lost for words. And then he started talking about, you know, then he started then he started into it where he got heated and he was like but it wasn't like he was getting defensive about her question he was just almost reacting like he was offended that Adam Pierce did that to Brock Lesnar which obviously I think is an interesting twist because it almost seems like okay well now we're starting to see that maybe Brock and Paul Heyman do have some kind of relationship and it might not be anything other than you know Brock and Paul have a very you know very vast history together. So even if maybe Paul isn't on isn't on team Brock Lesnar right now or isn't on team Lesnar right now at this very moment like Roman probably thinks he is, the guy probably still cares about Brock because they have such a, you know, a history together. So and and it could be, you know, we, you know, us as fans, we could be reading into this way too much and maybe maybe WWE will play that play on us on that, but it could be that just Heyman is very uh, conflicted because, you know, he, he, you know, he decided to manage Roman many, many months ago, obviously more than a year ago, because maybe he didn't feel like Brock was coming back into the picture. And now that Brock's in the picture, he's like, oh my God, my former client and my current client are going against each other. And now I don't know what to do. And I'm conflicted because I didn't want it to be where they were enemies like they were you know, beforehand, you know, before the whole Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns, because, you know, Roman Reigns and Brock used to be obviously bitter enemies. But I think Paul, maybe, maybe they're playing on the storyline that Paul maybe was thinking that all that was over and that Brock was maybe done with WWE and he wasn't coming back. So it was okay for Paul to take over as Roman's uh, counsel. And now that Brock has come back, it's because it's obviously called caused conflict, but I don't know. I mean, who knows the way they're going to play out this storyline? I mean, is it going to be where Paul actually turns on Roman and goes back to Brock, or is it going to be a thing where Roman is is so set that 
Paul is back with Brock that he turns on uh, uh, he turns on Paul and Brock has to make the save on Paul or whatever. Who knows how they're going to play this out? I don't know. But I did feel like it was an interesting response that he gave to Kayla. So anyway, all right. So we go back here and Drew McIntyre for the second year, uh, second week in a row. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, decides to make an open challenge and this time he gets Mustafa Ali. So. Like I said, nothing too interesting about this match other than, you know, uh, it's the same thing like last week. You know, uh, you know, last week it was Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn came out and got on the microphone talked a whole bunch of stuff. And, you know, then Drew ended up smashing him and, you know, winning the match. And then same thing almost happened with Mustafa Ali. A little bit different because obviously the characters are different a little bit, but not too much. Um, and basically that's what happened. So the bigger story of this is really is number one, I think what they're probably trying to do. And I I know a lot of people have said that maybe Drew's time in the main event is over and he's just going back to the mid card. I don't know about that. I think maybe what they're doing is maybe they're trying to build Drew's character back up again by letting him do these open challenges, letting him beat everybody, let him get up a bunch of wins, even though I don't really feel like in WWE wins and losses really matter that much. Uh, they matter for momentum. They ma- they matter for your momentum, but they don't really matter for your overall record. So, because you know everything, anything can happen in WWE. They have a bunch of hijinks, a bunch of shenanigans happen outside the ring. You can you can pick up a loss and not even really pick up a loss because you know either the your opponent cheated to win. But anyway, I don't want to get off too off on tangent that. But I think maybe they're trying to build up his character. But what I thought was more interesting about this was when Mustafa Ali lost. You know, he was in the ring um, after uh, after his match, uh, right before they were getting ready to go to the next segment, which actually was Xavier Woods knighting uh, his buddy King, Kofi Kingston. But before that, Mustafa Ali comes up and says that the reason you choose to root against me is because my my name is Mustafa Ali. Now, to me... I don't know if that meant anybody to anybody else, but what it meant to me is maybe Mustafa Ali just gave you a hint that maybe he's going to change his name uh, and maybe change his character, maybe more change his name than his character. Um, that's what I got from it. Now I could be I could be completely wrong, but I that's what I got there because he was so emphasize he emphasized so much that he was like, "You root against me because my name is Mustafa Ali." So I'm wondering if that means he's he's getting ready to go to a name change, maybe a character change. I don't know, uh, but that's sometimes what I that's the first thing that comes to my mind when I hear a, a wrestler do that in the ring when he's doing a promo. So we'll have to see if that happens. All right. So next comes out, and well, actually no. So we go backstage, and I, I thought it was next, but we come back. Well, actually, I think it was next. But anyway, we go backstage and. Xavier Woods or King Xavier and Kofi Kingston are walking backstage and they have a little interaction with Hit Row. And Hit Row, uh, you know, I it, it was a, I guess it was kind of a goofy segment and everything, but um but basically it was just I think it was just for, you know, just for a little entertainment and stuff like that. But I'm getting the sense when I'm, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if anybody picked up on this, but even with uh, the hit row and even when they got out to the ring, um, I don't know. I felt like Xavier is getting a little bit of some attitude. Maybe not, maybe not very big, uh, very big, 
you know, exaggerated tones of being having an attitude. But if you notice, like, I don't know if you remember when, when they got to the segment and, you know, the child, child, uh, the crowd started chanting, you deserve it. And I think what they were doing is they was directing it towards Kofi and him being knighted. But if you notice, Xavier answered them and says, yes, I did deserve it. I did a lot of stuff to get this happen. And, it, you know, it was almost like he was, he was thinking that they were talking to him instead of Kofi. So I don't know if anybody else picked up on that. And I don't know if that was done on purpose or whether that was just done for comedic relief. I don't know what that was, but I kind of pay attention to things like that. Like, you know, cause sometimes I think WWE tries to throw the fans swerves that they really don't pay attention to. And then it comes back later and maybe it's a shock, but then you can come back and say, Oh yeah, that was probably the start of that. I don't know. I mean, now WWE used to do that pretty well. Uh, I don't think they do it as well as they used to, uh, to be quite honest, but I think they did that uh, pretty well back then. So anyway, they had a little little interaction between them and uh, Hit Row, and uh, so then they come out to the uh, the ring, and uh, they uh, basically they have the whole setup where they have the 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 the, um, the throne for Xavier and all that stuff and everything. So uh, and basically, you know. Xavier goes on to make a speech about Kofi about, Hey, you're my most trusted confidant. You can now be the hand of the King and everything like that. And so he ends up knighting, uh, ends up knighting Kofi Kingston or, you know, the ceremony that kind of looks like you're knighting somebody. And after they're done with that, the Usos come out. Now I, I know some fans are going to say that have been, you know, saying this. Yes. Yes. It looks like we're going to get another storyline between the new day and the Usos, which you know, they've had a lot of history together. And I'll be honest with you. I enjoy the matches between the New Day and the Usos. I think they're great. Uh, but this goes back to where I, me and some other fans are talking about, you know, hey, I thought we were going to get some fresh stuff. I thought we were going to get some new storylines and stuff like that. And now we're going back to, even though, I've, like I said, it's not a, it's not as big a deal. Like, I'm not outraged about it, but, you know, I don't know why WWE called this a new era if we're not really getting anything new. You know what I mean? I mean, that's the only thing I'm saying. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. Now, am I am I going to be upset if the Usos and the New Day, new day end up wrestling against each other again? No, of course not. I'm not going to be up there because they always put on good matches. But I just think it's kind of funny that WWE is calling this a new era, but for the last, but since the r- new rosters took over, we really haven't seen anything new. That's the problem. And that's why I'm so frustrated because I am a WWE fan, but give me something new. Give me something new, okay? Um, And I don't consider new that now you're just putting some more people on SmackDown so Roman can go through some more people and smash some more people because even though, yeah, he's getting new opponents, it's still not anything new, okay? It's not anything now, and I happen, and that's a lot because I happen to think Roman's storyline is probably one of the more stronger storylines on WWE right now, and I think it's one of the better ones. I do because I think it's really strengthening his character. It's really making him, you know. I know a lot of people on social media are, are kind of making the, I guess the, uh, they're comparing him to a final boss on like a video game, and he really is. He has those kind of vibes. You know, like he's the final boss that you have to go to to win the game or whatever. And so far, nobody's been able to go through him. So, um, but again, we need to see some new stuff. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, so the Usos come out and now, 
you know, they're kind of teasing, uh, you know, that something's going to start between them and everything. In fact, they even make a match for them later, uh, later in the night. Now, the thing about it is if they're going to start a storyline between that, this is, this is my concern. So like you got survivor series coming up and this goes to my argument against the brand, the brand extension, you're starting these new stories or recycled stories or whatever you want to call them between these superstars on each of the brands. But really, you're not going to be able to get into these storylines until later on unless you're going to do them in the shows upcoming to, you know, in the next few weeks. Because once we have Survivor Series, which is usually brand against brand, you know, it's champion versus champion with all the championships. And then, you know, sometimes you can put a extra match in there with, you know, some people from separate brands and stuff. But if you're doing that with uh, superstars in the same brand, usually you would pick that up on the TLC pay-per-view. Well, now there's not even going to be a December pay-per-view. So now you're not going to really even see some of these things until day one pay-per-view on January 1st. So I don't know. I mean, is this WWE's new way is, is now SmackDown and Raw uh, with Fox and USA? Are now they, are the shows expecting to be as good as the pay-per-views? See, to me, that's kind of a that's kind of an issue because where does that where does that leave for you to go? You know what I mean? If if you're if your weekly sh- and I'm not saying your weekly shows should be you know crap, but what I'm saying is is your pay per views should always be your best shows because that's kind of your bread and butter. You know what I mean? Now I know you know it's people will argue well when they went to the WWE Network and then the, when they went to Peacock, they kind of killed the pay per view business anyway. It still doesn't matter to me in a way. I mean, money-wise, yes, it probably matters. But I still feel like if you're building towards a show, which it seems like WWE is still in that kind of mindset, at least I feel like sometimes they are. Sometimes I'm not sure if they are or not. You should always, you know, when you're saying a match where you're, where you're saying, hey, well, at you know, at TLC, we're going to have this match. I'm like, yeah, and it doesn't seem like it's any other it, – it doesn't seem like it's different than any other night of Raw or SmackDown. That kind of be that's kind of a problem because it almost seems like everything's kind of the same across the board if that makes any sense. So, but this is also a problem because first of all they're not even promoting Survivor Series yet, and Survivor Series is what less than a month away, and they haven't even said it. and I, And I guess maybe they're maybe they're not promoting it as much because they already know pretty much unless there's a big time title change within the next few weeks, they pretty much already know who's going to go against each other, and the fans pretty much know. And you might not even need any extra matches because you got so many, you got so many freaking titles that you can have champion versus champion for each brand, and you've got like almost eight matches right there, or maybe not quite eight, but you know what I'm saying. You got like half a card there. You got like maybe six, six matches at least, right? So I don't know. I you know I, I'm not sure where they're gonna go with these storylines. I think they've they've you know because of what they've decided to do. Um, they kind of put the draft in kind of a weird place because, you know, they got to go, they got to get off the ground running, start some new rivalries on their shows. But then again, those rivalries aren't going to really take place until after survivor series, which means, you know, pretty much post Thanksgiving, you know, which we're, you know, we just had what Halloween, uh, you know, yesterday. So, (laughs) and then, you know, I don't know what's even going to be done during the holidays for Christmas. And then of course, like I said, you run into day one on January 1st. So what, I I don't know. Does anybody else agree with me? I mean, let me know about it. If you want to know, I got it, you know, I got my email and my, uh, my show description, you know, email me and 
tell me what you think. Let me know what you think. Um, so that's uh that's ba- so they basically set up a a match between them later in the later in the night. Okay, so then we have the trick or street fight between Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura versus Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss. Um, so we we go into this match, uh, and basically. I this match. I mean, I don't think there was this really because basically what happened. You could tell this match wasn't really supposed to be taken seriously in the first place because the twenty four seven champion ran down and a bunch of superstars were following him and everything and it interrupted the match and all that stuff and and then you uh, and you know I think it was just a match so you could see having a lot of chaos going on during it and everything. Um, I mean, I guess it was if you if you like the you know them using the different weapons and, you know, the Halloween theme base and everything. And, you know, the fact that you're getting a street fight, you know, it's not a regular wrestling match, which I'm okay with street fights. I'm already with that. I think they're pretty, uh, pretty entertaining at times. Um, and, and like I said, I, I don't, don't get me wrong. I don't think this was a bad match, but I don't think it was a match to be taken seriously. Obviously. Uh, I think it was just for entertainment value through and through. It really wasn't really concentrated on the wrestling, obviously. And like I said, they had a twenty four seven you know run in at the during it where they just ran around and then the you know the focus got off the match and got onto Reggie and everything and all the guys uh, chasing him and stuff so uh, but then it finally ended and Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss won so I don't know what's next I'm guessing what we're gonna see is probably Happy Corbin and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura go for the Intercontinental Title which which is still kind of a recycled matchup um uh except for this time it'll be for the intercontinental title instead of for Corbin's crown uh so you know that's i guess that's a little bit of a difference at least it's for a title at this at this time but i like i said we're not sure when that title match is going to happen unless it's going to happen in the next few weeks uh cuz if you wanted to be a pay-per-view match it probably not it's probably not going to happen on survivor series so um so anyway uh Naomi uh, and uh, Sonya Deville are still going at it too, and basically, uh, so they had so Naomi now took on Shayna Baszler one on one tonight, and uh, I think I think Naomi is still getting on her about hey we need to have a one on one match we need to freaking hash some things out and stuff and 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 they still haven't revealed really what Sonya Deville what problem Sonya Deville has with Naomi like. I, I'm wondering when that's going to come to light. Um, but anyway, uh, so Naomi and Shayna Baszler, this match is next. And conveniently, they don't have a referee for the match uh, when they come out there. So what happens? Uh, Sonya Deville comes down. Uh, she says, okay, I got to, you know, okay, we got to find a referee for this match. And she's like, I think I can be a fair referee. And surprisingly, she says, okay, do you have a referee shirt hanging around? And surprisingly, they have one that exactly fits Sonya Deville, which, uh, you know, obviously, you know that that was planned. And basically, it ends rather quickly. You know, Naomi's holding her own in there. She actually gets to the point where she almost uh, pins uh, Shayna. But, of course, you know, Sonya's taking her time getting down to the mat, but then Shayna rolls her up and, you know, Sonya gives her the quick count. So that ends up happening there and, you know, screws her again. So then, um, so then, uh, Naomi, 
gets in De- Deville's face after that, starts yelling, but Baszler attacks her, puts her in you know that submission move, the Crufunda Crufunda. I can't even pronounce the name of it, but it's that it's like that thing where it's almost a sleeper hold and and puts her on the mat and everything, and then uh, and puts her to sleep, I guess, and then you know they just stand tall over, her, and then. Basically, that's the way that ends. So I don't know what we're going to have out of that. I, I'm not even sure where this storyline's going. I'm not sure how long they're going to drag it for. I don't mind long term booking. I don't mind it. Like I said, I'm not in a. I'm I'm not saying I'm necessarily impatient to see what happens, but I kind of want to see. I kind of want to see Sonya start revealing what her actual issue is with Naomi. Like I want to know what the motivation is for. You know, I, I think they need to get to that at this point. They need to find out, okay, Sonya needs to say, well, I'm just jealous of you or I'm just, or I just think, you know, you get everything, you know, I, I don't know. You know, she's kind of given us a little bit of a BS reason of why she, you know, has a problem with Naomi, but I don't think it's the real reason. And I think we need to figure out the real reason pretty soon. But like I said, if they want to put them in a bunch of matchups, you know, here and there and everything and, and do some long-term booking. I'm completely okay with that. I'm not, I'm not impatient for that, but I kind of want to know what the motivation is for Sonya Deville and why she's going after, um, going after Naomi or not giving Naomi the time of day. So, um, so then finally we get the, the main event between the Usos and, uh, and the new day. And I'm honestly surprised, but, uh, this was, well, I'm not surprised that it was a good match because it was obviously a great match, great tag team match because, like I said, these two teams always put on great matches. Um, and this was a good match. Um, and then the New Day wins. So I, I'm guessing, you know, it ends with the New Day winning the match. But I, So I'm guessing the New Day is now going to be the new ta- uh, SmackDown Tag Team Champion contenders. And what like I said, wondering when they're going to have this match. I mean, is this, have they, has WWE decided whether this is a pay-per-view worthy match or are they going to have it on SmackDown in the next few weeks or, you know, are they going to wait to do this on new year's day? What are they going to do? So, um, and I really want, like I said, I know this is the way it ended, but I really think they need to start telling us what's going on for survivor series. Um, now, like I said, we're all under the assumption that it's going to be brand versus brand. And I, I don't think we have any other reason to believe that it would be something other than that. But um, I'm beginning to wonder why they haven't even started mentioning what they're doing for Survivor Series other than the fact, you know, Becky mentioned, you know, you know, when they exchanged the titles a couple weeks ago that, you know, she said, oh, I'm going to let y'all hash this out. She was talking to Sasha and Charlotte and she just said, and I'll see one of you at Survivor Series. So, you know, so I, you know, but I'm, I just kind of find it odd that they haven't even started talking about Survivor Series. I mean, it, it barely has even been mentioned in either of the shows. So I don't know what I'm missing. Uh, you guys know what I'm missing? Are you guys missing it too? I mean, what, what, what's going on? I, I'm not even sure. So anyway, that's the way SmackDown ended. Um, like I said, just seems to me, um, I, I'm not even sure what direction everything's going on in here. And like I said, I, I, I think it's a, I'm, I haven't decided where I've been thinking about it for a while and I haven't decided whether I think it's a, it's a bad mistake that WWE isn't having a December pay-per-view. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, it would be a chance and I don't even know, maybe that wasn't WWE's idea. Well, I'm, I'm guessing it overall it was probably WWE's idea, but maybe they sat down with Fox and USA and Fox and USA said, Hey, we want to have some decent shows over the next few, you know, few weeks. 
and during the holidays. So maybe instead of putting those matches that you plan on putting on the that you planned on putting on the TLC pay per view, maybe you can just split them up between Raw and SmackDown and have them during the holiday season. So I don't know. I mean, that would be a theory that I would subscribe to, but. I'm not really sure. I don't really know at this point. Like I said, I'm just surprised they haven't even mentioned anything about Survivor Series officially yet. So we'll see in the coming weeks. I'm sure before too long they're going to have to. So anyway, so anyway, uh, that about does it for this episode for Friday Night SmackDown recap. And uh, I guess I will talk to you guys. Uh, you know, Raw is coming up this evening because, like I said, I'm doing this uh, doing this episode on a Monday. And we'll have to see what happens tonight on Raw. Maybe they'll start mentioning Survivor Series. I'm not sure. But anyway, until next time, I will talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, tag in and leave me a review or share the show with someone who you think would love it. I'll see you at ringside for the next episode.